Over the next few podcasts, we'll be talking about the spiritual gifts. What are they? How do they impact church culture? And does everybody have them? Join us as we have a conversation about spiritual gifts. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. We're picking up where we left off in the last podcast, which was really good, by yeah, the way, talking about yeah. the spiritual gifts, you know, and, and to some are given this gift, some are given that gift, right. but all are given one specific gift. Right. Um, and Paul kind of talks about that in the next chapter, and we're going to dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But before we do that, we're going to kind of reiterate uh, 12 verse 31. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you all A way of life that's best of all. Verse 1, chapter 13. If I could speak the languages of the earth and of angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had faith that could move the mountains but did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would not have gained anything. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It does not irritable. It keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. Mm. But love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only but part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Mm. We're going to pause Yeah, right there. Yeah. So much to say. Yeah. So much to say. And so we're asking you just to buckle up because we're going to probably take off running here. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you're looking at the, the, the last chapter, the last verse of, of, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, and he says, you know, that you should earnestly desire the most helpful gift. So wait a minute. You mean to tell me that being apostle, prophet, teacher, miracle, healing, and others, leadership, unknown language, that's all not these that things. Most helpful that's gift. not most helpful. No, you mean you mean me praying, putting my hands on somebody, and laying hands on somebody for healing is not helpful for somebody. It is helpful, but the most helpful gift, what what the writer is saying here, is love. The greatest love language of God is love. Yep, that is the most holy language that you can speak, that you can perform, that you can relay is love. Yep. And which is crazy. We uh, read, we did, uh, read our mission statement. Yeah, we did. And the last part of it, we wrote, um, and this is all by leading of Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wrote, we must finally become fluent in the language of Holy Spirit, which is love. <laughs> we have to become fluent in that language. Prophecy is going to die. Um, um, the gift of speaking in other languages is going to die. He's reiterating verse 8. That's verse 8. 
but all love this lasts forever. But love lasts forever. I mean, we can continue reading on a little bit and just kind of talk. It says, when I was a child, I spoke and mm-hmm. thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put childish things behind me. Now when we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Verse 13, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. Now watch this. And the it. greatest of these things is love. So, in, in the Pentecostal movement, they the pinnacle of relate of your walk of salvation is receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, but that is not true language. No, though it is another language of heavenly language they would call it. Yep, but you know, it's not I, the evidence, right? And and so we assumed it to be evidence. I mean, even in our and I love our denomination, but our denomination pretty much says that that is the evidence is speaking in tongues. That is. Not the evidence; it is a partial of an evidence. Real the ev- evidence is love. Is love that how you love? The language of love says everything. How yes. do you love your wife? How do you love your husband? How do you love your children? How do you love your grandchildren? How do you love your job? How do you love the people in your church? How do you love your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents? Yep. These are things God is calling us to step towards yep. and step up because when He says that, you know, as a child. I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. So think about a child and, 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 you know, not a teenager, a child and child, a child can do childish things. Their temper tantrums, um, had attitudes, always in want, always wanting something and wanting mommy and daddy always bring it and give it and all these things that, you know, a lot of parents understand what I'm saying, what childish things is. So that, that identifies the behavior that, Paul's saying here that nut must be put away. These things, as a believer, you, you know, okay, you can prophesy, you can lay hands on the sick, but if you don't have love, what good are you? Mm. And God is needing us as his church to come to a point that these childish attitudes, behaviors, has to be put away. And, the, and and what steps forward is maturity, and that is love. God is love. Yeah. And so if, if God is love, Holy Spirit is is God. Yeah. So Holy Spirit is love. And, and notice, Holy Spirit is the helper. Right. What is he helping you do? He's helping you to learn how to love better. Correct. You know, um, we always were taught that Holy Spirit was like the helper to come help you uh, do this or mm-hmm. to do that, which is partially true. Right. But the main focus of the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. It's not prophesying. It's not uh, um, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Right. It's, it's, it's teaching us how to love with the same eyes of as God loves. Correct. And, and that's kind of what it boils down to is that God set all these laws into place, but all these laws circled around love. Excuse right. me, love. Right. It circles around love. You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. I mean, that was Jesus' command. Right. Love God, love people. Right. Be kind to those. Do not envy what other people have. Do not murder. Do not perform adultery. It's not necessarily that they're sins against God, but they're sins against other people they are hurtful to other people right and 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 when you learn how to operate in love and walk in love and to allow love to become perfected within you right you know um 
we we begin to see the world and see society uh, differently than than what we would normally see it right and so here's the thing <clears throat> and and I'm going to kind of break it down there are some verses in the bible where it says you know do not love this world but what we don't understand is it's not actually talking about this world it's talking about the systems of this world you know god calls us to love the world right if not why would jesus have come down for god so love the world and go ye into all the world yes all into all the world and so we have to have this this birth of love for the world for the people of this world and here's the thing you know um with god he's not looking forward to judgment day mm -hmm. he wants to withhold his wrath as long as possible in order so that people would come to know him. And our job is to have that same love. But here's the question. How fast are Christians to pray for judgment and condemnation on specific people? Right. And and see, this is where verse 11 we read where he said, you know, I was a child, thought, reason as a child. But when I grew up and growing up is recognizing the difference of what I sh what I should be doing and what I should not be doing. Right. And now, unfortunately, we as part of a church culture, a lot of us has been raised with ignorance. And with that being said, there's some things we have not grown past from. Yeah. And this is where revelation comes in. Holy Spirit brings revelation. Holy Spirit speaks in ways that teaches us and helps us because he is a teacher. He's a helper. He helps us learn and grow. And therefore, we have to be hearers, not just you know, don't, don't, you know, not just to be a hero, but also become doers. And this is where the love comes in. Yeah. And, but, you know, did have we, we read 12 and 13 yet? Yeah, we read all of it. Okay. So yeah. what I like is if we, if we look at verse 12 again, it says that, that we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but when, but, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely so the clarity the things that we reflect is not not no, no longer looking at things in a half perspective way like um, this is how a child perceives things you know a child let's just say okay we have a child care in our center yeah right and and in our child care centers um, you know we witness children, playing in a group and instead of having the child go and ask can I play with you or can I play with that they may come up and take things from another child okay now then they get mad at that person who says no because that person who's playing if they don't want to play with that child they're going to have a little attitude with that person asking or actually taking the things. And so therefore there's a fight and there's always an argument. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what we're, we're, I mean, this is just a, a little example as childish behavior because a lot of times fights, arguments come out of selfish motives or a selfish understanding of not looking at the other person's point of view, only seeing it as one-sided. In reality, there's always various sides. So when I was a child, I thought and I reasoned like a child, using that example. And um, But when I grew up, so when now we're growing up, we, sh we shouldn't be doing that. But unfortunately, we have adults still acting that way. Exactly. And then now looking in, in a Christian perspective, 
we want we want what God has. We want Him to give us everything He has, which He does, He's not going to refrain from us. But there there's there are ways we we approach Him in in a loving way by loving people. Yeah, you know what I mean. God's right. God's not going to reward someone with a miracle, which I mean, He's going to your miracle is your miracle. Yeah. But there are lessons to learn constantly. I mean, I hate telling myself these things because I'm always thinking, okay, God, what lesson I got to learn this time? You know, sometimes it gets old. Yeah. But but there are always lessons and learning that God's trying to teach us, and so I've, I've always now say, okay, what is it you're trying to tell me? Yeah. What are you trying to teach me from this thing? Right. And so like, you know, with my with my daughter. Okay. Um, she's five. Yeah. You know, operates like a five year old would. Um, I do things to, for her and to her, and I tell her to do things. Right. There are sometimes that I say things where she'll stomp her foot and say, "Well, that's not fair." <laughs> I you can know. see her do that. That's not fair. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, there are many of us with that childish mentality, right. you know, with certain things that are happening w- with, uh, like saying the culture, like if someone wrongs you, right. you know, what they did to me was not fair and I'm going to, you know, hold it against them forever. Right. Um, or, you know, if, if, if someone's talking trash about you, that's not fair. You know, what reality, it's not fair. It's not, it's not fair, but you know, um, through the lens of love, you can see it as a something that's different than what it actually is. You know, um, in Luke chapter 6, and I'm just going to read a couple things here. It says this, But you are willing to listen, I say. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try and get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do for you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to only those who do good to you, why should you get any credit? For even sinners do that much. If you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward, uh, then your reward will be great in heaven, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High God, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. And you must be compassionate, as your, just as your Father is compassionate. And see, that right there is the defining factor between a child and a mm-hmm. child of God. Thus, why Paul started listing in detail of what love is. Yeah, and, he, and he, so these are the characteristics he's, he tells us. You know, from first, starting at verse four, he tells us these characteristics: what love is. It's not being impatient, but being patient, kind, not jealous, or boastful, yeah. proud, or rude, and so, so so on and so forth. Not irritable. And these and a lot of people read this verse during a wedding. Yeah, right? they read it in a wedding. Oh, that's ceremony. a common thing. But like the thing about it is, it's. It's not talking about to your spouse mm-hmm. alone. It's ta- it's talking about to everybody. Everybody. To those who wrong you, those who spit in your face. Well, you don't know what that person did to me. Well, Jesus still forgave the person that spat on him, ripped his beard out, beat him senseless, right. and crucified him on the cross. And what's amazing is, you know, when we love God and we expect God to forgive us of the things we've done wrong, we do not hold other people to that same measure of forgiveness 
that has been given us. I mean, yeah. just like it spoke of in, in Matthew, where the servant got caught or owed money to the king. King forgave him of his debt, but yet he ran across someone else owed him yeah. money and he put him in prison. Yeah. See, see, this is not love when yeah. you hold people in prison for they've done you wrong. Yeah. And you make and you and you make them walk a line that don't exist that you've it's that so, you yourself can't walk can't even walk yourself. All because you're trying to protect your heart and your mind and your spirit from being hurt again because I'm not that's not gonna to happen to me again. I'm not gonna let me people run over me. I'm gonna make them walk this line that you can't walk yourself. And so that that's childish. I mean, giving love is giving grace to people. Mm, exactly. I mean, you know, for much is given, much is required. Correct. And and that's that's talking about grace, you yep. know? Mm-hmm. With the same measure that you give, you will be given back to Correct. you. And I, I talked about this a couple Sundays yeah. ago. Um, yeah. with my with my sermon. But um, you know, it's 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 about grace, it's about mercy, it's about showing compassion Correct. to those who don't really deserve it. Because in the end, we didn't deserve compassion, we didn't deserve grace and mercy, but yet God still extended that to us. And he expects us to do the same for others. He expects us to give people grace and mercy. He expects right. us to love them with no conditions. Well, notice verse 12 again, because it says, uh, now we see things imperfectly. And then it says, like puzzling reflections in the mirror. This is our New Living Translation. Yeah. So when we are not operating in Holy Spirit language, because love is a language. Language of love, yep. And, and this is the evidence of being filled <clears> with the Holy <throat> Spirit. Are you able to love those who hate you? And when you do not do what the Holy Spirit, the language he's told you to display, yeah, okay, to be seen and heard, then you're not going to see things the way he sees it. Yep. And and the reflection of God from your life is not going to be as pure as it needs to be. Think about it, okay, for a quick second. Yeah. How many times has someone done us wrong? Oh, my gosh. And, and, um... Us Christians will pray for judgment yeah. instead of mercy. Yeah. Mm. How many times have certain things politically not gone our way? Yeah. And we pray for judgment. Well, let's just take a hot topic, right? Abortion. Yeah. It's a hot topic. Abortion, though, we know is wrong. We 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 pray for destruction and we pray for God's justice and judgment to rain down like you know like like how um James and John were you know God strike this place down and then <laughs> they got the na- nickname the sons of thunder right yeah. <laughs> you know bring your lightning down and, and destroy this place yeah. you know um but how fast and this is this is really speaking you know how fast are we to pray for judgment and justice mm. When in reality, that's not what God wants. So let's no. take, for example, Abraham when he yeah. interceded on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, he interceded. God, if there be fifty righteous, if there be thirty righteous, if there be twenty righteous, if there be ten righteous, he stopped at ten. God revealed to me that he would have spared the city if there was one righteous. Yeah, had Abraham asked, mm. had Abraham went the the full mile, went all the way, and asked God if there be one righteous spare the city, God would have done it. Well, I guess he felt there at least had to have been 10 righteous in that whole city. Well, there's 10 of his family in the city. Yeah. Him thinking, you know, that yeah. was... Lot was the only righteous one in the city. Right. Right. And so, but if there had been one righteous in that city, God would have spared it. Absolutely. That's that's God's love and mercy. I mean, look at um, Jonah and Nineveh. Yeah. You know, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He yep. said, God, destroy them. Yeah. 
God kill them. Well, because they were the ones that helped participate, put in his people in, in slavery for 70 right. years. But but again, how fast are us Christians to to be like Jonah, mm-hmm. to sit down, mm-hmm. wallow in our self-pity and pray for judgment to rain down upon uh-huh. people that have wronged us. And sit and watch it. When in reality, <laughs> we should be interceding on behalf of the mm-hmm. people yep. to pray for God's mercy and to pray for a change of heart. Jonah didn't really even do his mission. He in in the Hebrew, he only preached three words to them. Right. But in those three words, that king repented. But in our translation, they were eight words. Yeah. And so whether it be three or eight makes no difference. What makes a difference was he didn't put any effort to do what God asked him to do. And then he goes outside of the city and pops up. And, and sits down and so, and kicks back and relaxes and right. waits right. for for God to destroy the city. Right. And then God even shows mercy to Jonah yeah. by sprouting up a, a, a leaf, shade. A shade. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, I'm not going to destroy Nineveh. Then he got mad when the shade lo- no longer existed yeah. because a worm ate it. Yep. And so God had to school him a little bit. Yeah. All right. And and this is what versus childish yep. to growing up. Yep. See, at some point, as believers... We have to cross that barrier. You have to cross that barrier. You cannot remain a simpleton. Now, there is a division, right? Because you may be thinking, well, the Bible says, you know, to, to be childlike in your faith. Okay, there's a difference between being childlike and childish, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and this is speaking from experience, you know. There are still times where I am very much childish and in and, and certain ways that I think. And, and God, you know, he schools me on is it. Is it childish if you can admit to it? Is that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's for the listener to decide, I suppose. But, um, you know, there there are times where, like, I'm like, well, God, do this or do that. And then he checks my heart. And it's like, well, maybe don't do that. Maybe I should pray for mercy and grace. And in those moments, he fills me with love and compassion, puts me in their shoes and helps me to see them through his eyes. Right. right. I mean, that's the ultimate goal is to be able to see people through God's eyes, which is the eyes of love, which is why he holds out on his judgment and extends grace and mercy time and time again, when in reality they don't deserve it. No, and and, in reality, and, you know, let's just say in today's culture, even in our life, we we do see where people have done us wrong and we do kind of, I mean, let's all be honest. We do. I've been there. You've been there. Yeah, We've all been there. We do wish God go ahead and throw 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 out what you need to throw out. <laughs> you know, you know. Sometimes we think that way. And, I'm not going to cast my pearls before this swine. Right. You know, <laughs> you dirty swine. <laughs> but in reality, I mean, then that's when the Holy Spirit comes up and checks us and says, yeah. "Look, that's not that's not the holy language of God. Mm. You're not doing what you've been called to display. That what you're called to display is love." Yeah. And, and, and yes, you know, it's that 70 times seven. That's not for the years for every day that he's asked us to yeah. forgive people who have done this wrong. Jesus, that's in red letters. Yeah. So so these are requirements that um, that has been spoken to us. And, you know, I was talking to a minister the other day, actually last week. And I said, you know, when will we as God's people will actually step up to be and to be like Jesus, because if you and I said, because if you think about it, to be like Jesus, if we were to actually not to say the the Bible is not no good. I'm not saying right, that. Right. Because there's just, a lot of yeah. good, valuable things. In Hypotheticals. The Bible. Let's just say, you know, if we only focus on red letters. That is being like Jesus. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? If if we're, I mean, not you know because we're, I mean, really, we're in First Corinthians thirteen, and and even though Paul's referring to Jesus, you know, I get I get that whole philosophy. So I don't need emails and posts. And well, it's like Jesus. I get I get that. I'm just saying, in a in a different lens, because we're always looking at different lenses, different mm-hmm. angles, different spots and moments. If we can, you know, what if we just, you know, not focused on anything else, but focus on the, what Jesus. His life, his words only. Yeah. Well, think about it, right? And I think we talked about it in a couple podcasts ago that um, the Old Testament was a shadow. Right, right, right. right? right it's right. the shadow reality of who God is. Correct. And Jesus came to fill in the picture. Correct. Even the temple. Re- right. Everything Christ. Everything was was viewed through a shadow. Symbolic. Right. They mm-hmm. they didn't truly know God. They right. knew God but not knew him right. fully. Jesus came to fully embody the perfection of what God is. Right. So well, there's one thing that our denomination teaches, which I completely agree with, is the whole Bible rightly divided. Correct. I one hundred percent emphatically agree with that statement. You know, we believe in the whole Bible Rightly divided, right? And there is a division between Old Testament, and New Testament. You know, there are things. I mean, think about it. In the Old Testament, Moses had laws about you know food, and you can't eat this, that, and the other. Well, then Peter has a vision, an open vision in heaven, where he's sitting there eating unclean foods, and Jesus is like, "Well, listen, dude, it's not what goes in you that defiles mm-hmm. you; it's what comes out of Correct. you." Correct. And when we think about that philosophy, dude, it's not. Well, it's not what we put in us that defiles us. It's what comes out of us. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm a person, and just say I'm the healthiest dude in the world, right? I'm one of those, uh, you know, um, CrossFit nuts, okay. you know, who 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 just is so hyper focused on like eating clean, eating healthy, you know, which is good things. I right. wish I could do that, dude. <laughs> I wish I could do that. It's hard. Um, but like, you know, they're so focused on eating clean, eating healthy, working out your body. You know, they're not super jacked. They don't take steroids, but they're fit. Right. You know, but they spew toxin out of their body. So let's, let's, let's define this. Right. It's toxic coming out of your body. So for our listeners, so we're all on the same page. Right. So so it's like our actions, mm-hmm. our words, our our lifestyle, though we may be living clean uh, or, or, or environmentally pure, we're tearing people down. Dude, that's not right. Our mannerisms. I mean, even how we look at people. Right. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that that's what that defiles you. And when you're when you defile yourself with those responses, those actions, those attitudes, you know, what I'm saying those kind of words, yeah. then you are defiling the Holy Spirit, the temple of the living God. You, your body yeah. is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. Okay? Yeah. So you are defiling the temple. Yeah. I mean, like like in that context, you know, you could be that you know, perfect physique, perfect face, perfect everything. Right. And you walk up to that person, they just are a jerk to you. You know what I'm saying? That that ruins, and I'm not talking about appearance, right? It, right, it, right, right. Though it, it ruins how you appear to people. Though you look good, you look put together, right? Right. You look all in one, but you're a jerk. Okay, so my cousin would kick my rear. I'm going to tell you straight. I'm not going to use his name. My cousin and I, close in age, we were younger. We were lifting weights, you know. He's still probably lifting weights. I got out of it. 
there was one point we were just buff as all get out, man. I mean, just you're young, you're you know, you're in your later teenage, working towards your adulthood life, and you know, you're you're lifting weights, you're doing all these things, you're just trying to build your body, build the temple. <laughs> <laughs> Make this temple jack. We were we were we were going hanging out with a bunch of friends and stuff, and um, and um, he picked me up. We rode, and when we showed up, um, he met these girls. We were talking <laughs> to these girls, okay. And I'm getting, we get to the point, all right? I mean, here's a physique man or young man at the time. I mean, just nice looking guy, body good, you know, great smile. And then when he started talking, because him and I have a high voice anyway, okay? We don't have a low voice. We both have, I mean, we're, we're, we're not, I mean, you may hear me. I, I, I'll answer the phone and somebody, somebody thinks, may I speak to your dad? I said, well, you're speaking to the men of the house. So, you know, or go or to drive throughs Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know. I do, Seriously. So I, I understand I do have a higher voice than a standard person. So anyway. Because um, the steroids. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> but anyway, and and as he, he went off to go do something else and the girl stayed behind, she goes, man, I liked everything until he opened up his mouth. And started talking. I said, okay. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you're right. You, you can you can look good, you know, smile good, have everything in its place, but what comes out of your mouth changes everything. That's what Jesus called the Pharisees out for, though. Yeah. You know, he said, you're like whitewashed tombs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? You look beautiful on the outside. You look perfectly kept. Yeah. On the outside, you know, you look pristine, but on the inside, there's something rotting within you. There's something dead in you. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Jesus called the Pharisees out on multiple times. You, you brood of vipers, you know, you you eat your own. Like, that's, that's some serious stuff Jesus was calling out. But it was truth. Right. And so, you know, with that very same, you know, tenacity, we... we we as well are saying, you know, we cannot be the pharisaical mindset. Mm-hmm. We cannot stay trapped in this appearance of godliness, but yet denying the power. What's the power? The power of love. Right. It's not the power of, of miracles. You know, I used to think, you know, you have the form of godliness, but deny the power. It's talking about um, certain sects of Christianity where they don't believe in miracles right. for today and stuff. Right. I don't believe that necessarily anymore. I believe that, that it's talking about you have the form of godliness yet deny the power of love that is planted within mm-hmm. you through the power of holy spirit right right and and many christians like you said a couple podcasts ago i think you even said in in one of your sermons you know there is no love like christian hate yep no there's no hate like christian love like christian love yep we heard somebody qu- say that yeah we heard somebody say that and that was a really eye opening revelation cuz we we as and I speak for all of us. Well, I shouldn't speak for all of us, but I, as a pastor who's been in church, I've been like I said, saved at eight. I'm fifty, going on fifty one here soon, <coughs> and you know I've been in church for a long time, and I've seen Christian love in action. Mm, that's to, sad. Yeah, I've seen that what what that person was referring to. I've seen that kind of Christian love, and and I've always scratched my head. I'm thinking, you know, if we're supposed to be Christians, <coughs> how are we treating each other this way? You know, aren't we supposed to be different? For I mean, here I am. I'm thinking this way as a teenager. Aren't we supposed to be? That's why I was going through those challenging moments. Aren't we supposed to be doing it differently? You know, I don't understand. I'm confused. You know, we're laying hands on people and people falling out under, quote, unquote, the power of God. But then when, when church is over, we're talking about them in the back of the church and we're gossiping and, and we're, you know, we're saying bad things mm. about people. 
and being so religious and judgmental that I would never do that. I, uh, yeah, you know? yeah. Did you hear? Have you been told? Yeah, that's the fourth time they went up to get prayed over. I can't over believe about that they and thing. they shouted like everything's okay. I can't believe that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's that's not rude. Love. It's rude. And and one of my passions, I believe it's also yours. I don't want to speak for yeah. you. I also believe it's yours, is to help invoke in within the the church culture a new environment that projects the language of God of love. And I think the hippie movement really. Yeah. They tried, tried to, go that, to go that direction, you know, with Lonnie Frisbee yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and Chuck, uh, I forget his name, Chuck Smith yeah. and all that stuff. You know, they, they tried to embody that. But along the way, you know, there's still that toxic um, spewing mm-hmm. version of Christianity that that really i mean it's like vomit of the mouth where you just you vomit all over people and that's just such a gross analogy but it's so true you vomit on their name you 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 literally like just put just d- disgusting things out of your mouth and it's like man you look so kept you look so clean you look so this and that and the other but but when you when you say those things and when you embody hatred and when you embody gossip and when you embody you know all this other stuff man it's just it's disgusting well that's where it says you have the form of godliness but you're denying the power and so that the form your form is not all good it looks good but in deep down that's rotten to the core um our, our on our church property a while back ago a couple months ago we had a tree broken down and I think you even your last time you preached, you uh-huh. talked about I this. I talked about it. Um, there, there were uh, a vine wrapped around it, and it was choking it out, so to speak. Now, it was poison. It was poison. Now, a few months prior to that, down at the parsonage, there was a tree that broke down. Mm. It was a great pear tree, good shade. I remember planting that tree in that parsonage. Yeah, I remember helping you plant you that tree. You helped me plant that tree, you and your mother. And um, we planted that tree. And now it's, you know, it was beautiful, but there's a swing underneath of it. Yeah. You know, it was, it, it was, was strong nice. and sturdy. That's what it looked like. You know, it was hard. And so the storm came, wind blew, and it literally split. When you looked where it split down at the main trunk of it all, there were worms that were all inside of it. So it got infested with worms. So outside you look good, but on the inside, it's, it's it, you're all eating up with stuff. Mm. And so here's here's the thing. I was watching this uh, program with a psychologist, and they were trying to help a family out, trying to mend and heal wounds. He had we're gonna. He, he, one of the things he said was, "We're going to do apple picking." So they held their apple, and every time they have had hurt, received hurt, they dropped the apple, and they did it a couple of times, maybe three, four times. Each one went it took turns doing this. And he took one of their apples. He said, you know, this apple looks beautiful on the outside. And when he cut the apple up in the middle, he showed them that all inside the bruises, all yeah. the bruises was happening. He said, that's, that's what happens when you when you do not forgive people. That's what happens when you hold grudges. That's what happens when you hold anger, when you hold frustration, anxiety. Inside, you're, you're bruised. You're, you're not good inside. Outside mm-hmm. looks good and normal, but the inside, you're, you're all messed up. It has to have the healing needed. And and this and this is what's happening. We're not allowing the language of love to go forward 
when in the body of Christ because there are some things people do to us that we put the wall up and we 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 try to protect ourselves from ever getting hurt again or or that we're not treating people correctly we're gossiping we're backbiting we're 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 stirring the pot where it doesn't need to be stirred you know what I'm saying not letting it heal we're always scratching the scab and yeah. therefore which creates the scar and God, look, your body's meant to to receive healing, to bring healing. Yeah. But if you're not going to allow your body to be healed, you will be left with scars. Mm. And this is where the love comes in. Because he said, and we're going to end with this, three things, what we said, it, we read it already. Three faith, things. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, is love. Love. Love is the greatest gift. And here's the thing. Love covers a multitude of sins. That's what the Bible says. Why? Because God is love, the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So, so in that being said, we have to come to the place where we recognize that my untie my bow tie language is not, though it is necessary, it's not the helpful gifting. Because we're going to learn more in the next chapter, yeah. next, our next podcast, yeah. 14. We're going to break what I'm, what I'm saying down. We're going to break it down more. I don't know how long it'll take us to do the next job. It's going to be interesting. It will. It's going to be eye-opening, too. It will. It will be eye-opening. But I'm telling you, uh, this this love, you're going to see in the next chapter, this language of love is going to be spilled over as a necessary to what comes in the church. Yeah. And how the church is to function, even how church is to worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're going to we're going to break that down for you all on our next podcast, 1 Corinthians 14. Yeah. You can read it. Go ahead. But we're going to we're going to break it down, help give you some help understanding a little bit more. Yeah, and it's going to be kind of eye-opening cuz it's not what we're used to. No. You know, it's definitely not what uh what we were taught no. in the church. No. In the Pentecostal church, should I say? Yeah. And uh, but I know it's we talked about a lot of topics today and a lot of uh, different things we were, were said, but just hear the Holy Spirit, hear what he's saying. The gift, the best gift of the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. It's not prophecy because all those things are going to die. They're all going to be dead and gone. But the one thing that's going to remain is love because love covers a multitude of sins. It covers people's transgressions against you. It covers, it's a covering. That's why Christ came. He came in love to cover us, to cover our mistakes, to cover our wrongs that we've done. And we should as well do the same to those people around us. We want to thank you for tuning into Calvary's Compass. If you like what you heard today, check us out on mountcalvarycog.com. Also on our Facebook page, Mount, Cal- Mount Calvary Church of God. Um, thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>